This episode of the SSI Executive Conversation podcast is a continuation of a conversation with Ted Bird. To see part one, check out the description in the link below. Um, why don't you give us an update of where the company's at uh, relevant to when, when we did the webinar and, and from a progress standpoint? Yeah, no, that's exciting too, Darwin. So we are right on the cusp of, we, of starting our, our IDE FDA study this year. We, uh, we have a, 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 the process to go through with the agency, with uh, the submission and some questions back and forth. But our goal is to, I would say by the second half of this year, we have our sites lined up to be, uh, to be implanting the, the Triadime C disc into U.S. patients in the U.S. Uh, wow. we've, had, we've had European approval for actually seven years now. Uh, so the CE mark um, uh, was achieved actually in 2015. And then, you know, they changed the rules of the CE mark uh, with your notified bodies and going from NDD to the MDR. MDR. So we, we had this transition there. We're still in that transition phase to, to be compliant there. But we have active uh, accounts in a controlled uh, validation rollout in Germany and in Spain. And the exciting thing about the Reg A Plus, we've already had, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the lead person for the company on all the inquiries that come in. I already have a couple of U.S. patients that want to fly to Germany and wow. um, or, or to Europe and, and get the product. They're so convinced. So, um, you know, that's a good problem to have. Right. And, that's and, a good problem. Uh, so, yeah, we are on the cusp of getting our U.S. clinical started. Um, we are uh, starting a more rigorous. Will you will you have? We'll ultimately end up with probably first. probably 20 sites, about okay. 180 patients, 185. We have that's part of the negotiation with the FDA. Uh, but we have three leading sites and we're fortunate to be supported by uh, very well-known, world-renowned uh, disc arthroplasty surgeons, one in one in Texas, Dr. Rick Geyer, one in Louisiana, Dr. Pierce Nunley, and one in our backyard in Salt Lake City, Dr. Armin Katchatryan, will be the first three sites, and then we'll expand from there. And I always believe in any new product. You know, you walk before you run, make sure everything goes well, but we're, we're lined up to expand to the next five, to the next 10, probably end up with about 20 sites. Now, I think that's very smart. You're, you've got to go through a process to make sure that, uh, you know, it's safe for the patient and uh, obviously reproducible in terms of the outcomes. Um, so th I think that's really smart. That is extremely exciting. I uh, can't wait to kind of see how those studies go. Um, what for when you, when you look at how you've gone through this process, and I know you and I, uh, since we met, have had the opportunity to talk about leadership a lot. I've talked a lot about your previous experiences and some of the mentors that you've had. I put a lot of focus on mentorship, direct and indirect, professional training, how we, how we grow, um, what we put in our minds. What, as you think about the last year and a half in particular, and this new, I mean, you've been with some, some really big companies, some really established companies, um, and then you've also been with small companies, and, and this might be one of the most unique undertakings that that you've done in your career i would humbly suggest and i think it could be really really incredible with the outcome and how it benefits patients but what what are maybe some nuggets you could share with us uh relevant to the last few years and what you're doing right now 
I think uh, given what we've all been through, Darwin, since March of 2020, when the world shut down, I think most of us can probably remember our last uh, trip, you know, when when we had to kind of quarantine at home and exactly where we were when we heard about, uh, you know, how things were changing. Um, Absolutely. We have all learned that uh, we can be just as productive, you know, with our, our team members and ourselves online in a format like this. Five years ago, people were like, Zoom, Zoom what? Uh, you know, Google Meets, what's that? What's that? Uh, and and uh, so, so I think that's it's been productive for, for everyone. I mean, you don't have to, there's nothing like face-to-face, you know, and then being able to get to someone and, and get to know people, but you can be very effective and very productive online. And it's taught, I think, many people that the, um, the presence and branding of, of, of yourself personally, as well as your company on forums like LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the professional arena, is, is really important. And the old ways of marketing through um, cold calling or uh, you know oh, through 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 snail mail are dead <laughs> are dead and and even even uh, even professional society meetings are not uh, as uh, as active as they used to be. There's a lot of virtual uh, meetings and scientific conferences that go on. I don't think they're going to be dead by any means, but but they're certainly very not where they used to be. I, I think that is such a smart and, and true comment. And we've had multiple conversations uh, with some of our different stakeholders here in different articles, whether it be a survey from Master, Col- uh, Master Control relevant to digitization and optimization to improve manufacturing processes. And over 95% of executives over manufacturing facilities said they really don't even have a choice. They're going to be investing in that to create efficiencies because of regulatory and compliance, their competitors are doing it, and, and two or three other top reasons. Um, another recent article, you look at the hospital systems, cost of labor is going up, the opportunity to grow for telehealth, offsite services, home services, um, cybersecurity concerns, and CFOs, the biggest thing on their mind in that particular article, digitization for optimization. Uh, it's it's everywhere. Um, regulatory pathway, virtual twins. And I think um, in, in my presentation at LSI on talent management strategies, you know, one of the key considerations, I think every single company has to put, they are going to have to determine a strategy relevant to autonomy or a combination of strategies. You know, maybe it's a little bit more on site at first for certain positions, but, uh, you know, uh, Christopher Lafayette did a presentation at the Medical Device and Manufacturing Conference on the metaverse and that we're more virtual in the last three years than we've been in the last 36 years. And so I think those that are not going to have some sort of autonomy, certain positions you you have to be on site, but there's a lot of positions, whether it's regulatory, whether it's aspects of quality, obviously commercial roles, um, program management, people have proven they can be successful. And most of the surveys that we've done, we do a lot of different surveys uh, for for our following, just kind of see where things are going, bring more value to our partners. But most people do not want to go back to being in a seat five days that after successfully doing their role and performing as a productive team member for almost two years. Yeah. I think, you you know, talent acquisition and, and retention 
uh, a smart leader, uh, a connected leader uh, has to understand in 2023 and going forward that they have to engage uh, the digital world, you know, with their with their team, with their staff, Absolutely. and be flexible in 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 attracting talent. If you're if you're based in uh, Phoenix, that you can still you know hire you know the best engineer in in Boston at an MIT or somewhere else, but he doesn't have to necessarily move to Phoenix. Right, and you you can you know can have him in Phoenix you know periodically, but you can still get a you know a heck of a lot done. And again, that all depends also on a lot of other things, of course, right. setting the right culture, setting the right vision, core values to make sure that that person, you know, you're, is in sync with, with you and your core values and the rest of your team. You know, no matter what you do, whether it's remote or in person, if, if you get that wrong, it's not going to work. So well, it, it depends on where people are at in their personal experience, life, you know, where they're at in their life and, and, and what they need and then what their, what level of expertise that they have. But, Leadership IQ in their study showed that only 11% of failed hires are relevant to technical aptitude. The rest, emotional intelligence, core temperament, uh, you know, don't work well with others, don't want to grow, not open to change, your cultural fit. And after you hit that minimal level of skill that you have to have, uh, hiring for, for attitude, cultural fit, and, and ability to grow, I think there's a lot of different aspects that you have to consider, but uh, if you're not going to be open to that, I mean, you look at Blockbuster Video, right? They could have bought Netflix for, for $50 million. Yeah. And because they just didn't see it, lack of vision, and they were too um, attached to the late fees, you know, 16% right. of their revenue was had to do for, with, with late fees. So, and we all know how that story ended, right? They don't exist yeah. anymore. So, um, I think that executives and leadership, if they don't understand how disruptive the pandemic has been, and when you look at the investment in uh, digital technologies, whether it be wearables, monitoring, the investment's gone through the roof. Um, and, and it's you know growing at a continual annual growth rate of, of 28%. So people, people want to continue to get the benefits of, of telehealth and some of those aspects and autonomy is not going to stop being a, a critical factor. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I think it's exciting times, you know, it, 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 there's dynamic change just in our lives. We've seen from uh, starting out with carrying pagers on our belts to uh, <laughs> trying to figure out how to use the Palm pilot with a little uh, cursor pen to, to everyone having a, a crackberry uh, to, to, uh, to the iPhone and, 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 who knows what it's going to be, Darwin, in five years? You know, it's, it's going to be different. It, you're making me feel seasoned, Ted, seasoned. Because <laughs> I remember my first respiratory therapy position, and I got my first pager, and I thought I was so cool until it kept yeah. going off. And right. then I didn't feel as cool. And then I had, you know, the Crackberry in my first right. uh, sales commercial role. So, well, I, this has been absolutely fantastic. I'm so grateful for you being willing to come on and share your your expertise and knowledge with our following, and giving us the update and um, and and even with the you know the investment strategy. So I wish you you know continued success. For the video recording of this podcast, along with additional resources, make sure to find us on the web at SureSolutions.com or follow us on social media and LinkedIn at Shurig Solutions.